What's up, Chad? Pastor Ben. So welcome to our Wednesday Night Equip series. And uh, we just started a new series, right, Chad? What is it called? Yeah, so we have our SALT series that we um, started last week, serving and learning together. And so, uh, Chad, what do you use SALT for? So I like to get a nice, thick steak and put the fire on, put the salt, garlic salt, put some butter on top. You guys mouth-watering yet? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I never eat dinner yet. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, well, you know, there's many different uses for salt. But as Pastor Sheldon comes up, we want to show you guys a real quick video because there's many uses when it comes to salt. Let's take a look. Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. See, in Matthew, you know, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 5, verse 13, and that's where we're going to be taking a look at. And in that verse, Jesus says that you and I are the salt of the earth. And salt has many different uses. And so to share with us that, let's hear it for our senior pastor, Pastor Sheldon Oxina. Where did you get your shirt, Pastor Ben? Because it says seek, pursue, and what is the last one? Love. I like that. And I think tonight as we talk about being salt as well as being light, that's a part of seeking, pursuing, and loving. And that's who God is. So I pray that tonight we could do that. Uh, There are many uses for salt. In fact, last week, I believe, uh, some of you were here in the thunderstorm. Like if you're in here, some of you screamed when the thunder hit. I know uh, Auntie Lynn was in the back. She's one of the greeters. And earlier, one of the lightning bolts hit ground right in front of her. And now she has superpowers. So beware for Auntie Lynn. <laughs> and, uh, but thank God she was okay. Uh, some of you were here uh, last week, Wednesday. And it's amazing. The hurricane time in which we canceled Wednesday night service was way less, uh, you know, stormy than the actual that Wednesday so I'm glad that the staff made that call, though, because we just never know what's going to happen. But thank God you know, everyone is safe. Uh, some of our things did get damaged, some of our equipment, uh, because of the lightning. And so we're kind of going through different things and making sure that everything's uh, working correctly. Uh, thank you to our staff, our volunteers, who have to do kind of like a workaround to make certain things work. Because of a lot of, a lot of things we're, we're using are electrical And I don't think you guys had any projectors last week, no words during worship. But God was here, and that's the main thing, and we still continue to worship him. Uh, Also, you may have heard this either on Facebook or on the news, uh, that our church got broken into. And it was, some of you are like, wait, what? Let me explain. Hold on before you start, you know, looking for people and, you know, you like fight everybody. Because I know you, you can feel like that, right, because this is your church. But what I'm asking you to do is focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. This is our year of harvest. And whenever God is doing something great as this, the devil will always come in and try to steal, kill, and destroy the works of God. But that's not who we are as believers. We are believers who focus on Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. 
And so they were asking us, you know, what things were taken. They were asking information. What do you want to say in the paper? What do you want to put on the news? We're like, you know what? We're going to handle it. We got it. We don't want to. Our God is a big God. And so we'll be okay. But I guess they could, you know, they're reporters, so they're going to report. So just to let you know, uh, the buildings are okay. Uh, everything's back in working order. Yes, some things were taken. Uh, nothing that hinders ministry. Nothing that uh, jeopardized someone's life. Uh, things are intact. The building is intact and things like that. Uh, I know the police are doing their uh, job, and they're doing an excellent job in, in uh, making sure that uh, justice is going to be uh, uh, given. So what I want us to do, though, because people are going to talk, they're going to say things, just say our God is a big God, and we're moving forward. I'm not going to give the devil one more second. And so I just wanted to communicate that to you so as a church, you know what to say. What we're going to say is our God is a big God. Yes, some things, uh, things happen at our church, but we're moving forward, and that's done. That's in the past. God is always about our future and where we're heading. Amen? Yeah, that's where we're at. Second thing I want to uh, give you, because you might have been seeing this for a while, is that uh, you might have been seeing a new logo uh, saying New Hope Church. It was on the front. Some of the things that we're printing says New Hope Church. Uh, of Hilo Hawaii, and so some people are asking, uh, is there a name change, or, or what's the deal with New Hope Church? Let me give you a brief history within 30 seconds of our name. When we first started our church, it was called New Hope Fellowship, and around that time, there was this new age kind of religion coming up, so people thought we were a cult, so we put New Hope Christian Fellowship, and then as time went on, we didn't have uh, internet like how we do today, so we put New Hope Hilo Hawaii so that people knew where we were, where we were located. And then because of the internet, we, they know how to find us. So now we're New Hope Church. In fact, when our, uh, we've always been New Hope. So it's always New Hope, just different taglines on the end. In fact, our children's playground, when it was first built, maybe, uh, maybe 15 years ago, somewhere around there, maybe even longer, uh, that's what they had on it. It says New Hope Church. So we've always been New Hope. We've always been New Hope Church church are the people and when people would ask hey where do you go to church oh new hope church that's what people say i go to new hope church sometimes they say oh i go to big church right that's what we, oh, we go big church but we're not going to call it big church because we are one church and jesus christ is the head of it so that's just the history of new hope new hope <laughs> just leave it at, that's the history of where we are but just to give you an idea and then you're going to see the different uh, logos and and that and you're going to see on our, the back of our T-shirts, some of us have the NHC on it with the little dove on it, which represents the Holy Spirit. So NHC is just short for New Hope. And who is the church? Yeah, we're the church. Isn't that so good? We're the church. I love that. And that was the vision that Jesus had, that we would be a church that spreads the gospel of Jesus Christ. Third thing I want to give to you tonight and we're going we're gonna to talk about it a little bit, is our SALT conference. Now, you may have been hearing about it, but let me just give you a brief vision of what our SALT conference is all about. It's very simple. It's about all of us serving and learning together. God calls us the body of Christ. The Bible tells us we are the body of Christ. We cannot do this alone. Church is together. We serve and we learn together. That's why no one is better than someone else or greater than someone else. Jesus is the greatest and we're his body. So together we're going to serve and learn 
together. Some of you serve in ministry. Uh, some of you come to church, and then you apply what God is teaching you. You take it into the marketplace where you are at home, or if you're a teacher and you, you, you love children and you love people. And so God says, you're going to be the salt of the earth. That's why we serve and learn together, but really we're the salt of the earth. And so the conference is going to be next month, uh, Friday night and Saturday, August, excuse me, October 22nd, 21st and 22nd. So that's a Friday and Saturday. And if you need more information, we have at our information center or online. Uh, if you need to plan, we're going to start in the morning on Friday. Now, some of you work, and so you're thinking, am I going to miss some things? Yeah, because we're starting in the morning. Some of you are taking off. You're like, I'm taking vacation for that. And what that does is it also helps us to really find uh, where you are in ministry. Some of you want to get involved with serving, but you're not quite sure yet. Well, when you come to this conference, God is going to speak to your heart, and he's going to give you vision of who you're created to be in serving him with the gifts that you have, the heart that you have, as well as the ability to serve him in the best way possible. Some of you might serve once a month, maybe twice a month, or sometimes every week. It all depends where God has called you to serve. But I want to encourage you to be there at our SALT conference. It's going to be life-changing. Whenever we come into the presence of God, our lives should be changed. And that's what this SALT conference is all about. We're going to be serving and learning together. And so be there. It's going to be so good. And they have registration uh, forms at our information center. So tonight, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, Pastor Ben said, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, if you've been reading your Bible, uh, we call it doing devotions. We go through the Bible every year, and we have a reading plan. You, you will read the New Testament twice. So you will read the book of Matthew twice in a year. Well, when you come to the book of Matthew chapter 5, you're going to find Jesus' sermon on the mount. The most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached called the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. And he goes through these beatitudes. And then he comes to this place speaking to us as believers in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And Jesus says this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But then he says this. But if, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And then he continues, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. Here's, here's what Jesus is getting to. He's saying, You're going to be the flavor of this earth. In other words, the world has no flavor. It is tasteless. You can tell the world is tasteless because it constantly has to do something to grab our attention. Constantly. From commercials to, to social media to the way we dress to styles to the different types of cars. If you look throughout history, cars have changed and, and, and come to where we are today as, as what we call now smart cars. All I know is I can have a smart car, but if I'm a dumb driver, it's not going to work. 
So I, I, I have a hard time driving sometimes. So if I get a smart car, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. All I know is this. What the world is trying to do is add flavor without salt. But Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. In other words, the world is tasteless. It needs flavor. You are the light unto this world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. What he's saying is you have that much potential. You have that much potential to change the world. Doesn't matter if you're uh, just a, a homebody, you just kind of stay home all the time, or, or maybe you're someone who's in the marketplace, or you're an outgoing type of person, or maybe you're an introvert and you, you don't like crowds. It doesn't matter. He says, you all are lights into this world. You add flavor wherever you go. Now, when he says salt, and he's speaking to these people in Jerusalem, in Israel, they have one of the richest of salt minerals as well as salt fields and and flats around the world. They have what we call the Dead Sea. I'm not sure if any of you have gone to the Dead Sea, but the reason why it's called dead is because it's below sea level and all the, all the, uh, the rivers will go to that sea and will empty all the deposits in there and the water will evaporate and now you're 30% more buoyant in that water. So you can pretty much just float in that water. Hard to sink because of the salt minerals. Underneath, if you go diving in it, it's like just salt minerals like coral, coral heads, but all made of salt minerals. And because of its, its, uh, it's so potent, there's no living fish in there. There's no organisms in that kind of nature that could live there. So it's the Dead Sea but it's rich in minerals. And so when Jesus says to them, you are the salt of the earth, they understand that because salt surrounds them. They're about 20 miles away from the Dead Sea when Jesus is saying this. They understand salt. They understand what salt can do. Last week, Bunny spoke about the different uses of salt. She talked about salt can can be something that makes you thirst, that would thirst for Jesus Christ. It's a good preservative. It can preserve things well. Salt adds flavor. Some of us use a lot of salt because we need to add flavor. Now, you, may, you might be thinking, but I, I put salt and, and because uh, whatever I'm eating doesn't have flavor. Or some of us put salt because we're just used to putting salt. Like, have you ever gone to someone's house and you put salt and they get mad at you? They're like, wait, you didn't even taste them yet. How can you be putting salt? Why? I just have it. It's like, taste my food first. It's like insulting to me that you're putting salt on my food. Some of you are cooks, and without nodding your heads, that's kind of how you feel sometimes. Like you, you make this whole nice meal. You planned all day. You had your recipe down. You get it ready. You have a nice spread. You put it together. Someone makes their plate. They put shoyu. They put salt. They put Tabasco. It's like, you know what? I'll go feed you dog food. Then you can put salt, pepper, whatever you want to put on it. Because why? We, we put flavor in there. But Jesus said the earth has no flavor. So you have to flavor it. He's speaking to us as believers. The earth has no flavor. We have to make it flavorful. However, if we lose the flavor, if we, if we lose our savor, 
how can it be made salty again? Like you need salt to make salt salty? No, it doesn't work that way. You, you are the salt of the earth. So don't lose your savor. Otherwise, how is the world going to be flavorful? You're it. You salt the earth. How do you, how do you put salt on food? Let's just, as an example, on the count of three, how do you put salt on food? Ready? One, two, three, go. How do you do it? Right. You do it like this. Some of you, you pinch it, you spread it around, like make fancy, fancy, like chefs. Like, I love doing that. Like I put it in my hand. Heidi said, put it in your hand first so you don't put too much. Or some of us, we turn it and someone made the cover loose. It's like, man, I'm going to lick these kids. So you, you, you put it in your hand first, but you, you, you spread it out. You don't put salt in one section and pile it right on the middle of your steak. That's too much salt. But we spread it out. And that's what Jesus is saying. You are the salt of the earth. That's why he spreads us out in various locations. Because we have to make this earth salty. Salt had various functions. That's why he used this term. And Jesus knew what he was saying. In fact, in the book of Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Now as I surely live, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, Moab and Ammon will be destroyed, destroyed as completely as Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know the history of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were a city that was rebelling against God. They were doing things that were wicked. And God says, I'm going to destroy them. And when they did, they got destroyed. And then he says, you're going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, it was Lot's wife who, when they left, she looked back and she wasn't supposed to. What did she turn into? Yeah, salt, a pillar of salt. Their land will become a place of stinging nettles, salt pits, and eternal desolation. The remnant of my people will plunder them and take their land. Did you know that salt also not just heals and preserves and adds flavor or makes you thirsty. It also destroys. Salt can destroy. In the book of Job chapter 6, verse 6. The book of Job says, can tasteless food be eaten without salt? Or, or is there taste in the white of a marshmallow plant? What God was saying to Job is, I, I do these things. I, I make flavor. I bring this to pass. I'm the one that will be adding you to this earth. You're the salt of this earth. And you're going to add flavor to it. Otherwise, it's going to be tasteless. Have any of you tasted food that was so tasteless, you had to put salt because it was tasteless? Uh, I think it was the other night, Heidi made this pasta dish, and it was new for her. She was like, I'm going to try this new thing, and, and I hope it turns out good. And so she made the pasta thing, and she was a little uh, hesitant to give it to me because she wants to give me a good meal. And so she said, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to taste good. I said, you got to be confident because that doesn't settle my heart, like if you're, unconfident, if you're not confident, but you got to be confident. And so she says, well, I don't know if it's going to taste good. I said, Heidi, have you ever made anything for me that didn't taste good? And I was like, wait a minute, I remember one time. We call it, we call it, we call it the chicken thing. That's what we call it. She goes, no, I do remember it. Remember the chicken thing? I was like, oh, yeah, the chicken thing. Yeah, it, that thing was horrible. But I didn't want to tell her when I ate it. She goes, how is it? I'm like, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. And she's like, how come you're taking so long to chew? And I'm like, because it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. It's gummy. It's like beef jerky it's you can sell this as beef jerky it would be great but that was the only time i could remember that she made one thing the chicken thing 
that wasn't good, had no flavor at all. But everything else after that hiding, mmm, way macho. It was really good. It was really good. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> but it was really, really good. And the Lord says, you know, the earth is going to be like that from time to time. Somebody has to come in and add flavor. Have you ever walked into a place that maybe the conversation is not going well or maybe the situation is not good? Maybe the doctor's report wasn't what you would expect it to be. Or maybe the family is not doing well. Maybe at work the environment is just chaotic or destructive or dark, evil, wicked. And you realize that. See, you realize that not because you want to point fault. You realize that because God says you are the salt of the earth. You understand when it's tasteless. You can tell when it's tasteless. In fact, we say that sometimes to each other. It's like, and we'll put it in different ways. We'll say things like, well, you go to church and you act like that. Or, or no sense, read your Bible if you're only going to act like that. Or, or we'll say, you know what, nobody, we're not going to church today. Everybody acting, you know, everybody's, everybody's yelling and screaming, so we're not going to go to church today. We say that because we can recognize when it's tasteless. But the Lord says, no, I, I gave you that discerning heart, that discerning spirit, so that you can recognize tasteless situations, not so that you leave it that way. You, you, you recognize that so that you can add flavor to it, so that you can encourage, so that you can bring in my spirit, so that you can bring people up rather than tear them down, so that you can bring hope to a hopeless situation, so that you can bring light in the darkness. He says, that's why I've called you salt to this earth. I'm going to scatter you all over the place, and you're going to add flavor to this earth. Salt has many uses. That's why we're referred to as the salt of the earth. God wants to use us in many ways. So we want to learn four key things in how we can be used, as how salt is, as Jesus uses this illustration, in how we can be in the world without burning people's eyes, because salt can do that too. Salt, in fact, we use this phrase, when we hurt someone or when we see that happening, when they're already down and out, we say things like, man, you're just rubbing salt in the wound. So salt can burn. We don't want to be salt that burns. We want to be salt. Here's the first thing if you want to write this down. Salt that heals. Because salt can heal. Be salt that heals. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, verse 4, the Bible tells us, And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your umbilical cord was not cut, and you were not thoroughly washed clean with water, and you were not thoroughly rubbed with salt, and you were not carefully wrapped in strips of cloth. They would actually use salt as a healing because that's what needs to take place in healing. Now, too much salt, and you rub that in the wound, hurts. But, like, when we were growing up, remember when, like, sorry, I'm being a little, a little on the gross side, but your parents, if you have children, when Hanabara, right, running nose, you take them to the beach, right? You just throw them in the salt water, and then they get cleansed out. Okay, let's move on, because it's kind of like, wow. But that's what salt does. Now, here, here's, let's, we, we have to differentiate between table salt and natural salt. Table salt no good. Natural salt, good. Table salt has been refined. Natural salt, unrefined. Table salt 
which has been refined, takes away the properties and the elements that are natural for our bodies to absorb. When it's refined, our body doesn't know what to do with it. And so our bodies trigger water molecules to surround those salt uh, that, that we intake, the refined salt, because it's trying, to, it's trying to do something with it. So some of you use this word, oh, I just ate and I'm now bloated. I feel so bloated. Or you eat something that's salty, next day you're like puffy. Like you just, like you retain water. Some of you are looking around like, oh, no wonder I'm puffy. No, it, it could be other reasons, but when you eat a lot of table salt, it is not good because your body doesn't know what to do with it. Now, refined salt will do that, and it's not good for our bodies. When it's natural salt, organic salt, when it's put into our bodies, there's a crystalline, crystalline substance that is just like our blood. Our blood has crystalline substance. So it can talk to each other, and it can interact with each other. Our body can do something with it, just as how God is with us. And he's saying salt can bring healing. That's who we are to be to the world that we are pure with God. And so when we bring healing to people, we're not, we're not morphed by the ways of the world. But that we're pure before God. And so when we bring salt into the world, we're not, we're not destroyed from the inside out. We're pure. And so when we bring salt and flavor to people, healing can take place. And they too can come to know God as their Savior. And the Bible says, you as my people, you are to bring healing to others. You know, sumo wrestlers, you know when you watch sumo wrestlers, you'll see them throw, right, salt. I used to think it was rice. I was like, wow, because sumo wrestlers, I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's part of the ritual. They're throwing rice. You know, they'll do their whole, you know, ritual thing. They'll throw rice. And, and yeah, I don't know how they do it, but they do it better than me. But they throw, they throw salt. I thought it was rice, and I thought, wait a minute, if it was sumo, if it was sumo wrestlers, they're not going to throw rice. They eat the rice, and they throw salt. And here's why they throw salt. Because it was part of their religious belief that it, it casted away evil spirits. As well as, as they're wrestling, they're going to get some injuries, and the salt brought healing to their scratches and injuries. That's what salt does. It brings healing. Imagine that. That God says, you bring healing to the world. Some of our families are broken. You bring healing to your family. Some of our marriages are kind of iffy, kind of on the rocks, a little battle here and there. You bring healing to your marriage. Your relationship, not that great. You go through ups and downs. God says, you bring healing to your relationships. Because you are the salt to this earth. That's what salt does. Here's the second thing, not just healing. But salt also destroys. That's what salt can do. That's what it's able to do. That's the components of salt. It's able to destroy. You ever seen a house near an ocean? Yeah, that thing is busted up. You ever seen a car at that house? Yeah, it's full of rust. It's like, wow, how old your car? Oh, year old. And it's rusted. That's why if you're a fisherman or you go camping and you go near the beach, first thing you do when you come home is what do you do? You wash your car. You wash everything down because that salt is going to erode your car because salt can destroy. That's what rust is. When salt 
and that metal come together, there's, there's like an, there's a, there's a process that takes place that creates rust. Because rust destroys. Rust can also, uh, salt can also be used to like destroy weeds in the ground. Grass, if there are, like, if you have a patio, a cement patio, and, you know, grass is coming through, you put some salt on it, it'll die, it'll kill the grass. Some of you put salt on slugs, right? And you like it. It's like, yeah, messing my garden. But that's what salt does. It destroys. Salt can do that. Jesus says, you are the salt. Not only do you heal, but you are also to destroy. And here's the context of it. In 1 John Chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. He says, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. When you believe in Jesus, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if the Son of God lives in you, are you not a destroyer of the enemy? Right. So when the devil comes against you or you sense that, don't blame people. Don't even blame the devil because you can destroy the works of the devil. Don't let that be an excuse. Just say, Lord, you've given me power over the enemy to destroy the enemy, I am the salt of this earth. Devil, you have no authority over me. I take authority over you. I take authority over my home. You have no place here because I am the destroyer. I destroy the works of the enemy. You don't let the devil come in. Give him no room. Give him no credit. Give him no time. Let him know where you stand. When you let the devil know where you stand, he very rarely bothers you about that which you said you're going to stand for. People don't come up to me anymore and say, oh, you like smoke. I know you chuckle a little bit, you laugh, but they used to. People don't come up to me anymore and say, oh, you like, you like drink. Now they play around. You know, sometimes I'm at parties. Pastor, you like one beer? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, well, he's going to take them. You know, they'll play around. But they know where I stand. In fact, sometimes I'll be around some of my friends, and then they'll introduce me to someone new, and I'll say, oh, nice to meet you. And then as we're talking story, a swear word would come out, and they're like, eh. He went, Pastor, you cannot swear around him. And I'm like, yeah, just let him go. They're fine. They don't know these things, you know. But it's like when, when, you're able, when you're able to be a person that adds salt to every situation, you're able to destroy the works of the enemy. After a while, he's like, I, I can't get through. I'm destroyed. I'm destroyed already. Now, he will come back for an opportune time. Because he's crafty. But you still have authority over the works of the enemy. And now you can discern what's happening. Because you've been there. You've been there already. You know what's going to happen. You know the outcome. You know the road. You know what, what door not to take and what door to take. You know what door to shut down and what door to open. You know when, when to follow Christ and when to deny the works of the enemy. You know that already. You've been there. So you have that discernment. Don't forget who you are. You're the salt of this earth. To destroy the works of the enemy. God said, this is who you are. In the book of Judges, chapter 9, verse 45. Judges 9, 45. Abimelech fought against the city all that day. 
And he captured the city and killed the people that were in it. Then he broke down the city and sowed it with salt. That's what they would do. Whenever they would, they, would, they would capture a city or whenever they would take over a village or destroy a city, they would throw salt over it so that nothing grows and so that when people passed by, they saw it as defeat. Well, they were destroyed. They were defeated. And so they used salt as a way to say, yep, you're destroyed. Job chapter 39 verse 6 God says, who, set, who sent out the wild donkey free? And who loosed, loosed the bonds of the swift donkey? To whom I gave the wilderness for a home and the salt land for his dwelling place. In other words, if, if you want something destroyed, you can use salt. And we use it against the enemy. Now here's, here's where we need to learn. All of us as believers, never use that authority on each other because we're so good at that. We're so good at using that authority in which was designated and saved for the enemy for one another. And the Lord says that's not what it's for. It's to destroy the works of the devil, not your fellow brother or sister in Christ. Not another person. For we warn not against flesh and blood. See, it's not against each other. The enemy is the enemy. Not that other person. So it's used for destroying, for healing. Here's the third thing. For public worship. Public worship. That's what salt was used for. If you read in the book of Leviticus, when they were giving the laws of God, how to worship God, how to do the offerings, here's what it says in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. The Bible has to repeat it twice for public worship. That's what they were learning. It's, okay, this is how we worship God. We give him grain offerings. Okay, oh, we, we have to add salt? Oh, there's one more element. Why salt? So that you would never forget to worship him. So that you would never forget this eternal covenant. Because our covenant with God is eternal. What he says with us is eternal. This is our worship to God. In other words, God is saying, when you worship me, it should be flavorful. It should be flavorful. Because you are the salt unto this earth. When you worship me, add you in it. You don't check out. You add Salt to worship. Be there. Sometimes we can get distracted. We get distracted. We're, we're, now in, in the context of singing songs, we can be singing songs and then a, a word is misspelled. It's like, oh, that word misspelled. Oh, I cannot focus now. Oh, oh there it is again. Oh, there it is again. Your praise will ever be on my lips. Oh, that's small. It's supposed to be capital. So we get, we get distracted quickly. It's like, oh, wrong slide, wrong slide, wrong slide, wrong slide, wrong slide. Oh, light bulb went out. Oh, it's on spider. It's like we get distracted so quickly. I'm actually letting you know what I go through all the time. So I got to recalibrate and say, wait a minute. I got to add me to this worship time. But not only in song. He's saying, no, you add me into worship wherever you are because worship is a lifestyle. That's what Romans chapter 12 tells us. It's our public, it's a reasonable act of service. It's our service to God that we are living sacrifices. So when we come to the altar, we add salt to it wherever we go. We live for God. 
It's, it's a living sacrifice now. It's a living offering, worship to him. We bring that to him and we add us to it. We're in it as believers. And he says this to us as believers, that this is who you are. You are salt into this earth. So you're going to do this in worship to me. Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 22 through 24. It tells us that on the second day, sacrifice as a sin offering, a young male goat that has no physical defects, then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again, just as you did with the young bull. When you have finished the cleansing ceremony, offer another young bull that has no defects and a perfect ram from the flock. You are to present them to the Lord and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to the Lord because it added flavor. And it was, it was used, and the priest would take the meat, the offerings, and they would, be, they would use that. They would eat the meat. That was their offering to God. It is given to the priest. And so they brought that flavor. That's why God says, when you, when you come into my presence, you come with thanksgiving. That's the flavor he wants. Come with thanksgiving. When you enter the gates, enter with thanksgiving. You don't enter the, great, enter the gates feeling bored. You don't enter the gates with, oh, what's going to happen now? You don't enter the gates with, oh, how long this going to be? You don't enter the gates with saying, oh, man, why, why I got to be here? You don't enter the gates with all of those preconceived ideas. You enter the gates with thanksgiving. You bring flavor. That's why he says, when you sing to me, make a joyful noise. Clap your hands, all you people. He's saying, bring flavor. Bring something. Add yourself to it. Bring flavor when you worship me. In spirit, in dance, in song, in, in, in wherever you may be, in the public place, wherever you're going to be, you add salt. Bring flavor to it because we live in a flavorless world. Bring flavor. It says be flavorful. Not weird. Flavorful. Flavorful. And then the last thing. Salt was used to make covenants. To make covenants. And this one is very interesting because in Numbers chapter 18, verse 9, he says, All the offerings of the holy gifts which the sons of Israel offered to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as a perpetual allotment. It is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord to you and your descendants with you. Now, salt has always been known for its preservatives, right? It can, it can preserve things. And that's why God says, this is what you're going to use, salt. Because my covenant with you is perpetual. It's continuous. It's, it stands the test of time. It preserves you, this covenant with him. You know, one of the greatest covenants we have with God is saying yes to him. It's the greatest covenant. Because he gave that to us. He said, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my one and only son that if you believe in him, you will not perish. You're going to have everlasting life. It's a promise from God. It's not just some nice scripture that we remember to make us feel good. No, this is a covenant by God. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You, you're a preservative for this earth. It's a covenant. It's a covenant of my people. This is who you are. This is who I declared you to be. 
you're going to be with me forever. When they would add salt to the different offerings, that salt covenant, and it was given to the priest, what they were saying is, this offering has more value than when we first started because we added salt. Just that one commodity added to this meat brought value. It's interesting where that word salt comes from. Salt has been used, and I'll read this. Salt has been used in many cultures as, as a valuable commodity. And the word salary comes from an ancient word meaning salt money. Referring to a Roman soldier's allowance for the purchase of salt. Someone who earns his pay is still said to be worth his salt. Salt has also been used to express promises and friendship between people. It was even considered by the Greeks to be divine. Today in many Arab cultures, if two men partake in salt together, they are sworn to protect one another, even if they had previously been enemies. In some cultures, people throw salt over their shoulders when they make a promise. And I want to close with this. I'm going to invite Glenn to come up to the, the keyboard. And you want to write this down. Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5. Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible tells us, Do you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the rule over Israel forever to David and his sons by a covenant of salt? And what the Lord is saying is, when I first chose Israel to be my people, that has never been broken. Even to as far as the descendants of David. Now, if you know anything about King David, as time went on from King David all the way down, years later, here comes a man by the name of Jesus Christ. Born of a virgin, raised up, and at age 30 began a public ministry, which his first sermon on the mount, he said, you are the salt of of the earth. He knows what he's talking about. And he doesn't say this just to sound good. He believes in you. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, at age 33, he went to the cross, died, rose from the grave because it is a, a forever covenant, an everlasting covenant. Cannot be broken. Not even death can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so when he rose from the grave and he saw his disciples, he said to them, now go into all the world. Teaching, just as I have taught you, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Observe all that I've commanded you, but never forget, lo, I am with you always, even till the end of of the age. It's an everlasting covenant. We're here tonight because we're believers. Salt on this earth. Ageless. So it's not about how long we've been walking with the Lord, how long we've known Him, or, or even what our age is. Salt is salt. And He says you are to salt the earth. I want us to close our eyes for a moment as we pray. 
I want you to think of a situation. It could be personal. It could be in your family. It could be maybe with someone else that, that you can see, boy, this has been tasteless for a while. It could be a relationship. It could be a father-son, mother-son, father-daughter, mother-daughter, parent-child, brother-sister. It could be work-related. Whatever it is, there's a tasteless, dark situation that God says you are to add flavor to it. It could be another believer. Maybe you're not getting along with them. God says someone has to die in order for both of you to live. That's what Jesus did for us. And so ask God right now, just ask him, give me the the wisdom, the strength, the power to destroy the works of the enemy because we know he's behind these things. And at the same time, Lord, help me to bring healing. Help me to, to process what's going on so that I can make some strong covenants with you so that when I'm in, the, in public, I can have public worship as adding flavor to every situation as my worship to you. And whatever God speaks, be obedient. Let him do what he's going to do. He's going to empower you to do the impossible because that's who he is. He's a great God. He only does great things. So thank you, Lord, for speaking to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. Amen. Can we welcome up Chad and Pastor Ben as they close us up? Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. That was an amazing message. Can I just say something real quick? Uh, Next week, I know, Chad, you're going to be speaking next week with Susie and myself. And we're going to be talking about... Uh, heading towards a prayer night that we're going to have on Sunday, which is October 2nd, right? So next week, Wednesday, we're going to speak about God's heart for Israel uh, and Israel being, well, not Israel, but God's, yeah, God's heart for Israel yesterday, today, and forever, which is pretty much what we believe Jesus Christ to be and the peace of Jerusalem. The Bible says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So next week, we're going to be talking about that And then come October 2nd, we're going to have a prayer night, and we're going to pray specifically for the peace of Jerusalem. We're going to have these cards. I don't know if you you want to show this, Chad. But we have these cards, beautiful pictures, with some scripture on it. And we're going to meet in here on Sunday night. And about 6 o'clock, is it 6 o'clock? So 6 o'clock we're going to start. And what we're going to do is we're going to write some prayers to pray for Jerusalem. And then we're going to have two 40-foot walls to represent the walls right, in Jerusalem, and then we're going to put up these prayers, and we're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and the Bible says you're blessed when you pray for Israel, you're blessed, because that's God's chosen people, and so what we're going to do is Wednesday, next week Wednesday, we're going to prep you in what's going to take place on that Sunday night, and then we're going to discuss a couple of things, and then you're all going to have one of these in their bulletins and then you get to write those prayers and then bring it Sunday night and then put it on the wall. And that's going to be just a great time together. So that's coming up uh, next week sat, uh, next week Wednesday and then that coming Sunday, October 2nd. So thank you guys. I know you're going to close us up. So thank you. Let's be the salt unto this earth. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. So Chad, what did you get? 
That's amazing. I really got to look at salt at a different way. And I think now when whenever I go out to eat dinner and there's salt on the table, I'm going to be reminded about just really how much God loves us. And it's so amazing that he would use salt to teach us in so many ways because it's like he knew we're going to put it with our food, you know, to add the flavor to the meals that we're going to eat. So almost every day we're going to be using salt. And he's reminding us every day that he loves us and his promises are true and he is faithful. Amen. And as Pastor Sheldon said, we get to bring flavor to the world, not because of who we are, but because of who he is in us. So that's awesome. Would you join us as we stand and as we get ready to end our, our night together by just singing praises to the Lord and that we get to come alive in him. <laughs>